right, here we go. 56-yarder. It's got, no, does not have the leg. And Chris Davis takes it in the back of the end zone. He'll run it out to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. He ran the midfield goal back. He ran it back 109 yards. They're not going to keep him off the field tonight. Deep strike. Got the big man. with a short drop, now he pulls it out further to the left and he's gonna strike downfield. Oh my, what a catch by Fitzgerald. He's, oh mercy, he's done it again. The man is remarkable. There is pandemonium in Piscataway. Whoa, he has trouble with the snap and the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen wants Jackson and he scores on the listening to the Noon on Saturday podcast, college football, as it was meant to be. And welcome back to another edition of the Noon on Saturday podcast. Gentlemen, it was an absolutely interesting week, to say the least, last weekend in the world of college football, and it just gets better. This week, of course, a couple notable uh, things to get to from last week's games. But first of all, uh, how we doing? How we how we feeling? Interesting uh, results on the on the picks last week. Steve had the best three and two, two and two for Mange, uh, a unmentionable one and three for me after Kansas was one point away, covering plus twenty four. One point. 35 to 10. Brutal beat. I didn't even watch any of the game. I just checked the score. I just punch in and punch out. I just do my time each week making money for the people. Um, Folks, you're welcome. Somebody's got to do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm feeling good. We're all all staying above water. You know, one and three isn't horrible. It's, you know, we're all, we're all. Four and one every week. Yeah, impossible. Gotta leave some money for the rest of them. The college football gambling game is not easy, so we're you know, we're all hanging in there, and I think I think we're we're all, we're all ready for a big week of college football. You know, the week I feel like yeah. we've kind of been sleepwalking a little bit the last couple of weeks. Need, need that jolt of energy. We're recording a little bit earlier this week. Got a Thursday night little weeknight action for the Pitt Panthers. We'll get into that later in the home, as well as. Pitt walking out of Durham somehow with a win when it didn't seem uh, particularly likely early in the game, at least. But we'll get to that a little bit more in depth later. But, you know, speaking of walking out with a win, Michigan State, the third ranked Spartans just could not do that as uh, Jeff Brom's Boilermakers claim another scalp, another top three scalp after taking down Iowa earlier in the year. Uh, this win is a little bit better, wouldn't you say? Especially yeah. if you've uh, come to learn about Iowa the last few weeks with Mans, you know, trying to dip into the Stevie Magic pot and coming up empty. The line absolutely stunk on that game. And 
we, we all should have been on Purdue. That, that was one of those that you could kind of see coming from a mile away with Michigan State only laying two and a half against freaking Purdue. Yeah. Well, it, and if you, you know, Michigan State obviously coming off of a, a spot against, you know, winning after winning against Michigan, but Aiden O'Connell showed up to play. When you throw for 536 yards, 40 of 54, you know, you're not going to be stopped. Um, and Michigan State, and you know, to play into that, did not do a good job. They really could not get pressure on the quarterback as much as they typically do. And and I think you saw um, what happens when, when Michigan State kind of goes up against a, an offense that can put up points. They're, it's going to be really hard for them to catch up. Um, and, and, Going in. And, Sorry, yeah. Dad. Well, and, and it's not like I don't think you know. Kenneth Walker had a, a respectable day, and Peyton Thorne um, did all right. But I, I just don't think that offense is built to, to put up the points that Purdue had. And you're, yeah, if you it's if you want, it's not built to put up the points steadily, right? It's right. an explosive offense. They're built off the big plays, but you know, Purdue's defense has shown that they can kind of limit those and keep it to a drip, and that really hurt. Michigan State I I felt like Thorne you know he wasn't horrible but he was definitely thoroughly outplayed by O'Connell in that game and you know everyone was saying going into that Michigan Michigan State game that Michigan State's pass defense was where they could be exploited and you know if if Michigan could get a a good performance from McNamara they probably would have won that game and you know he played all right but yeah O'Connell really the next week you know, I, I didn't see that coming. He definitely played really well against Iowa, but you know, he's been up and down all season. Masterful, masterful performance from uh, from him for sure. And Purdue only gets to follow that up by going on the road to the Horseshoe as an unranked team to take on number five Ohio State. For now, rankings coming out basically as we're recording this. Um, Purdue, by the way, six and three, four and two in the Big Ten, bowl eligible. Good season for Jeff Brown. So I, I think we should also call some attention to, to the Buckeyes after yeah, struggling I mean, with Nebraska. And in typical Nebraska fashion, you know, they have a chance to, to I believe tie the game, and and they couldn't get it done. Um. And Ohio State pulls away, but I think what we're seeing is, you know, there was that brief period there in early October to mid-October where Ohio State had had gone against the softer teams in the Big Ten, put up some in, some pretty good numbers, and and everybody assumed they were back. I still think that we're dealing with an Ohio State team that is not teams of years past. And while Par- Purdue may not get it done in the horseshoe, it's extremely hard to do that. This is going to be something. To, to look for it as Ohio State does, you know, play Michigan and does play Michigan State down the, down the stretch here. You know, Ohio State also had a couple turnovers in that game. Like, they – I don't know. I feel like they didn't play their best game, and it's pretty telling that they're laying 20 against Purdue. Like, I, I, sure. I, think, I think the expectation is that they will play a lot better on Saturday, you know, at home than they did against – a Nebraska team who's three and six, you know, kind of hard to get up for that one. Um, I don't know. I might, I'm not going to 
It's not going to be a pick, but I would definitely would think about laying 20 points against Purdue. Interesting. It's tough because I think we've been waiting for Ohio State. I mean, me personally, since I bet them minus 18 and a half against Penn State, we've been looking for them to click against a competent opponent, something they haven't really been able to do outside of Indiana, Maryland, and right, where they necessarily haven't looked smooth on offense the defense still has some kinks to work out with you know how many young contributors they have on both sides of the ball really um and and purdue you know seems to be rolling on down the tracks you know it's not a pick but i I just think 20 points is a lot it is a lot which makes me just want to take ohio state like like I feel like the line is telling you it's not, it's not a pick for me either, but I just feel like the line is telling you I wouldn't, you know, it's telling you do not take Purdue. Or or it could be a continued over-evaluation of where the Buckeyes, Buckeyes are. The Buckeyes, let's go. But, yeah, no, I agree. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. underachieving team. Yeah, very underachieving. No, I I 100% agree. Ohio State probably is overvalued, and you're probably you know laying a couple extra points just because they're Ohio State against Purdue. I think I think it also tells you something just about kind of where college football is in general. That the spread was three and a half between a supposed top three Michigan State team last week. I'll buy it. You know, at Purdue at Ross Aid. And then all of a sudden we're talking about, you know, 20 points for, for Ohio State. Just an interesting note. Very interested to watch both of those teams um, in, in, from that Michigan State-Purdue game this week. Purdue-Ohio State will be a fun game, and then Michigan State's hosting Maryland, which <laughs> I have a pick in that game. I think that's a very fun game. Um, but we can, we can get to that in a bit. Uh, anything else from, from last week? We need to touch on uh, Cincinnati barely hanging on with game day there against Tulsa, uh, North Carolina, Wake Forest. You know, of course, the one win for me in the picks was the Bovers 76 and a half, which I believe hit with the first score in the uh, in the third quarter for like the second week in a row after BYU, Virginia, the, the other night. Um Auburn just getting getting dominated by by A and M. Rest in peace to the offense and Bo Nix. Granted, A and M's defense is is legit, but early in that game, it looked like Auburn would be able to compete with A and M, and then the defense oh. just pinned its ears, and 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 I Bo Nix could not get anything going. I have two other things to talk about. I don't know if anything from what I just listed off really uh, catches your attention. Okay. Texas and Florida. Worst loss? Question mark. For for me, it would I would be Florida just because of how bad absolutely how bad South Carolina ha- has been. But at the same time, if you're Texas, I mean this season. If you're thinking about like midway through the third quarter against Oklahoma compared to now, it has been an absolute whirlwind if, you, if you're a Texas football fan, and, and not in a good way. Mr. Krabs, whirlwind, verbal me. Yeah, but, I mean, if you're Florida, 
and your and your sure it's like they they've had some success at the at the at the position, but time's probably about give, over. Give credit to Dan Mullen. He I think his his Why? success has been a bit more sustained, but at the same time, you should not as a Florida head coach, you should not lose by thirty points to South Carolina, especially how bad you can't lose by 30 you know it was 20 it was 23 points i thought it was 40 i thought it was it's it's three and a half scores um you can't lose by you know 20 plus points to south carolina but you especially can't lose by 20 plus points to south carolina after making the comments he made about recruiting you can say what you want about recruiting in general but when you're a head football coach in the sec trying to compete with the likes of Georgia and Alabama, you cannot put voice to the opinions that Dan Mullen so publicly expressed after just getting whipped by Kirby Smart. And and if you're Dan Mullen, your recruiting is one of the reasons why I think he's on his way out. Like last year, their recruiting class was sixth in the SEC. This year, it's fifth. And I mean, if you're at Florida, you expect to be right there behind Alabama, if not the number one team in the SEC as far as drawing talent. Um, it's it's not it's not been fun for Dan Mullen this year, and he's supposed to be a quarterback guru. That's his whole thing is that he's one of the best quarterback coaches, and their quarterback play has been horrible. Yeah, it's 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 a combination of everything. To be fair. It's not his fault that Anthony Richardson injured himself dancing in a hotel. Yeah. Well, it well at, even at, to that point, you know, Emory Jones, you know, he kind of waited to, to give Emory Jones the nod, and he, he has not lived up to the expectation. But I don't think Richardson is, is nearly as ready as he would like either. So as much as you want to say put the obviously more talented quarterback out there, it's not like Richard, like there's a definitive – advantage to having him out there you know he does make great plays but he, he hasn't won games yet so i think it, it's it's all kind of spiraling out of control for for dan mullen here plus does i mean would does south carolina adding in jason brown does that mean does that equate a, a new offense for the gamecocks i mean they do have a really solid back and Kevin Harris, is that all they need to, to kind of turn it on? I guess we'll see in the coming weeks here. But it's such it's, an interest. It was just you mentioned, such this, an, you mentioned this before we started recording, just kind of about Shane Beamer. I think it's hard to assess a coaching hire through, you know, nine games or whatever it's been when for like three or four of those games, you were starting a guy you hired as a graduate assistant as your quarterback in the SEC. I think it's just hard to make an assessment based off that. Right. Craziness. Good for Zebulia, though. That that's his actual name. Zeb. Zeb Nolan. Zebulia Nolan. But Texas. Woof. Yeah. I mean. What do you do if you're you're Steve Sarkeesian? Like at this point in the season, you're you like you were hired based off your offense. You play the young guys and get ready for next year and say that you're rebuilding. I mean, you have to say it. 
for the for this year, I mean, yeah, they're, they're, all of their goals are pretty much gone. But for him, you know, it's his first year. He he can still push the optimism and 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 you know, new blood kind of mantra. Kansas, West Virginia, at West Virginia, Kansas State. Last three games on the Longhorn schedule. Winnable games, definitely. They can still finish seven and five. It's basically Tom Herman's average. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. I don't know. Got to finish strong. Speaking of finish strong, let's hit the middle strong here and head into uh, this week's slate of games. It's a good looking one. Some good early matchups, top 15 with Oklahoma and Baylor, Michigan and Penn State, top 20 with Mississippi State and Auburn, uh, both teams. Mississippi State, did they win last week? Who did they play? thought they did. I think both those teams are, are trying to – oh, no, who, they lost. Are you talking about? They lost, yeah, they, they lost, lost to Ar- Arkansas. Yeah. So two, two top 25 teams for now, again. Still waiting on the new rankings. Uh, I don't think I have four. I haven't checked. Um, yeah, one went away from bowl eligibility for for the Pirate. Uh, both teams trying to bounce back off a uh, off a loss there. Already mentioned Purdue, Ohio State. What about this one, they throw this one for you. Minnesota, Iowa. Yeah, just gonna let that. Just gonna let that hang for a second. Some great divisional matchups this week. I simply do not want to watch a second of Minnesota Iowa. Um, you want to be electric? Guess the total on that game. Forty-three point five. You are far too high, my friend. Thirty-eight. Thirty-seven. You were a wow. touchdown high on your initial guess. I guess I like the over. Iowa bet from you know I laid the twelve with them last week. I will not bet on them again the minus rest of the season. I certainly would not take them minus five and a half. Minnesota I would look at, but they just looked awful last week as well. So, um, I I have a play in this game. All right, let's start there then. Um, I, no, I don't think Minnesota is going to win this game. <laughs> Iowa's offense is far too inept for for them to to really have any any bit of trust um, to put up enough points to cover the spread. So you have to take Minnesota as long as they take care of the ball. Now there is a bit of a concern um, that really burned them last week. Um, I just I just I think I just trust. Minnesota's offense to, to to figure it out and 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 not fall into um the the uh the turnover play against against Iowa and and, e- and even so can you at this point in time they they're on I believe they're on their second string if not their third string quarterback in in I in Iowa City that's not what you want against an Iowa team or Minnesota team that that has been playing up and down, but solid as of recent. I you got to take the Gophers plus five and a half here. I think if you're gonna make a play on the spread, that's probably the way to go. Um, I don't know how it's the safe bet. It's a safe bet. I'm seeing slight movement towards uh, 
Iowa minus six. It's still five and a half at DraftKings and uh, FanDuel, but like MGM has it six. Bet Rivers has it six for those in the state of Pennsylvania that may be interested. That's a lot of points in a game that you know has a low low total. So definitely like and, the play. And I'm as long as I'm looking at it, touching back on our conversation earlier, uh, I'm seeing Purdue Ohio State down from twenty three and a half to the twenty and a half we've we discussed. In Purdue's favor. I like the pick. I like the pick, Steve. Is that your only play in the Big Ten? Um. Because I have a couple. Yes, that is. How about you, uh, Benjamin? Um, in the Big Ten, I think I only have. Hmm. You can go ahead. You can. <laughs> you can start. Okay. All right. I'll rattle off my two that I have. My first is I'm taking Maryland plus thirteen. Ooh, I knew you were going to be on that one. Against Michigan State, um, Tagovailoa played a lot, a lot better last week. Um, he's been playing, you know, fairly well over the past month. Um, he was forty-one of fifty-seven last week against Penn State. Maryland's offense has actually been pretty good, fifth in the Big Ten in total yards. Um, and, and Michigan State, they like we talked about, they struggle stopping the pass. Um, and Purdue absolutely killed them last week. D- David Bell had 217 yards receiving for Purdue last week. I wanted to say that during the Purdue discussion, and I forgot. But that, like, he is just an absolute stud. Um, but yeah, I think I think Maryland. If you're gonna give me 13 points in that game, uh, I'm gonna take it happily. With you know, I really don't love Thorne as a quarterback. I think he's kind of played you know above his head. Um, the first couple months of the season. Plus, Michigan State plays Ohio State next week. So, a little look-ahead spot for Michigan State. Give me Maryland plus 13. And then my other – I do want to say one thing. You talked about the 213 for, for David Bell. Maryland played Penn State last week. Jahan Dodson had 11 receptions for 242 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, he's he is I, – I, who do you think is the better receiver in the Big Ten, him or Bell? Or mm. or are you taking one of the Ohio State receivers? I guess no, Alave. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You, you got to yeah, take yeah. Alave, but Dotson and Bell are probably two well, of the top ten receivers the, in college football. I think, I think Absolutely, yes, for sure. But the point I was I was leading to was Peyton Thorne and Jaden Reed are going to be looking for a bounce back game, and he's you know I think Reed is the type of guy. Receiver who um, slips my tongue at this moment is not exactly Jahan Dodson, but a, a guy who can break out against what's been a uh, lackluster Maryland so far. Michigan Michigan State is certainly going to score, and you know the total sixty two. I think there's no doubt about it that Michigan State's going to score thirty at least. I just have confidence that Maryland is going to be able to get into the twenties, maybe even the upper twenties. Um. You know, that's the hope, and I, I, I think they can cover 13. I think it's just a lot of points. If you want to wait and hope that it gets to 14, I, I wouldn't advise, you know, wouldn't advise against that. It's not a horrible move, but, yeah, that, that's, 
you know, that's my first play of the week. And then my other play in the Big Ten is I, I flip-flopped on this game. Uh, my original thought process was that I liked Michigan, but I'm going to take Penn State money line. Uh, you know, it's a pick em. And my main reason is that Michigan is extremely banged up. McNamara is banged up. A um, couple of their running backs, a couple of their receivers, a um, couple guys on defense. So obviously in college football, they give no information on injuries, but you have to think that at least a couple of those guys you know, aren't going to play for Michigan. Penn State um, you know, had a big win last week, even though it wasn't against a great opponent. Still big win to get their season back on track. Clifford played great. You know, I think he is establishing himself as, you know, one of the better court, not in the top two or three, but at least in the top half of quarterbacks in the Big Ten. Um, and, and I think with the crowd, the big crowd home environment at Penn State, uh, I, I think I like him in, in a pick em, And the spread is telling you to take Penn State as well. So I'm taking Penn State. Right. I, I yeah. My one Big Ten pick there. To your add to your point. I think Penn State's defense has been pretty consistent this year. And not only that, I firmly believe that this is the best defense that Michigan um, has faced yet this year um, on the road. I think Penn State's going to be able to stop, or not maybe not stop Michigan's run game uh, entirely, but definitely um, limit them effectively. So I think... I'm leaning in that direction. I'm not going to give it out as a pick, but I, I, I strongly agree with your pick. Thank you. I and was also I was I was going to take Michigan. I like your reasoning so much that I'm just going to leave this game alone. I'll wow. Hey, all right. I, I did absolutely, I did absolutely no research on that game. I saw Michigan at a pick 'em. I was like, oh yeah, Michigan. Okay. Michigan also has two big wins on the road this year already, which was why I was originally liking Michigan. You know, they won at Wisconsin, um, and obviously in East Lansing. Yeah, well, that that was they have another road win that was pretty cool. Oh yeah, they won at Nebraska and at Wisconsin on back to back weeks. So they they have been a good road team this year, um, but I, I just think with the combination of the injuries. The, the line being a little funky for how bad Penn State has been the last month. Um, I, I think Penn State bounces back with a win, and Franklin's able to, to right the ship after, you know, last week was, was a big win for momentum for them, even though it was against a shitty uh, Indiana team. Or, I'm sorry. Uh, Maryland. Maryland, yeah. I was looking at Michigan beat Indiana last week. An- another press pass game. Yeah, you'll be in the You're just Mr. Mr. Road Trip this year, Steve. I need well, here's the thing. Our fans <laughs> demand the best from us. So I the more the more I'm able to travel and, and get exposure, the better off our fans are. And hey, you were at Pitt, Tennessee, and yes. the Panthers won. You were right. at Pitt, Virginia Tech, the Panthers won. Right. And then you were at Cincinnati um, Notre Dame. Cincinnati Notre Dame. Bearcats won. Bearcats won. So I, I was thinking that Notre Dame won, and that was going to be my point that all four home teams won. But you know, <laughs> Penn State's going to win with you in attendance. 
Uh, you, you, <laughs> you also included the two pit road games in there. So I don't know how that. So to... so all three road teams have won. Ah, so now this makes it right. more interesting. No, Ooh. no, no. So this is where everything has to come back to the mean and the home team. <laughs> you know, not nothing no. lasts forever. I agree. There we go. I knew that logic was going to get me somewhere. I can't. I like I, it. I like I it. Just can't argue with that. I just can't. I just can't. It's put sound. That. Anyone but, else have anything? Big Ten. Nope. Where are we headed? Um. Hold on. Wait. I need to double check the uh, the Rutgers Indiana line. So there you go. Rutgers Indiana. Indiana is a seven point favorite. Forty three is the total. At Bloomington. Yeah, we're not touching that. <laughs> Rutgers, they looked so bad last week. I'm so uh, glad at that. Kansas was 100% a better. I am going to stay in the noon slate, different conference, going to the ACC briefly. I only have one pick in the ACC. I'm going back to the well. I'm taking Louisville minus three against Syracuse at home. I mean, I don't know if you guys watched that Louisville Clemson game, but they had the ball with goal to goal. There we go, goal to go uh, against Clemson, and and just couldn't punch it in. I think they have a bit easier time um, against a, a decent Syracuse front, but I think Louisville's offensive line is, is much improved uh, compared to last year. I think they'll be able to move the ball. Uh, Malik Cunningham. He's he's been really good this year, underrated in the uh in the ACC. I think he'll put up points. This is what he will do. Um and I think Louisville comes out uh, with more more than 3 uh, ahead more than 3 points. So, Louisville minus 3. You have had a very keen and astute eye on Louisville all year. So, I I'm, you know, I'm back in the pick because you've been on Louisville. Thank you. I I have not been able to get a read on them all season, so I'm I'm trusting you with that pick. Not adding it to the card, but trusting. Okay. You with that pick. I appreciate it. Uh, also at noon, UConn Clemson. <laughs> oh no! Let's go! Oh no! Any any oh, taking just, that game? A note. Were you just alerting the masses just, to just, the presence of that? Just alerting, just making sure you know that that that, that that's a thing that's going to happen this week. Here's the thing: Clemson if, minus forty-one, and the totals fifty. And the totals fifty. <laughs> it might be an under game because I don't that, think UConn scores more than seven, and Clemson, like they've scored more than twenty once. They. Uh, here's 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 something to think about. The most Clemson has put up forty nine points all year. That's their highest in, uh, score for a game against South Carolina State, and they're forty one point favorites. Clemson might put up you know six. Will Shipley probably will have a massive massive game. I agree, but that's just it's just something that I found interesting. I have I have a pick in the ACC if. Oh, anyone else? You know, does anyone? But Bobak, you have any picks in the ACC? I do not. Okay, I I just have one. Um, I'm taking Wake minus two at home. Ooh, 
That was that was the only one I was. I've been fading NC State all season. Um, to you know, limited success. I think I'm one and two betting against them, so not great. But Wake Forest offense, I, I think, is going to be able to do a number on NC State. I think they're going to be able to move the ball on the ground um, pretty pretty consistently. And I think Hartman will have a bounce back performance after you know, a tough loss. And we we were saying it on this podcast that Wake Forest was due for a loss. And you know, I think it came for, came at a right time for them, non conference game. And I, I, I I'm going to use the phrase again. I think they write the ship against NC State this weekend. Top twenty matchup there too. NC State Wake Forest. The the, the I, ACC I, I, Atlantic I, I, is on the line. I yep. do like the over 66 and a half. It's not the boat. Oh. Yeah, I mean, with, with how bad Wake Forest defense I'm, is. Also, I'm, I'm looking at this line. Duke plus 11 and a half at Virginia Tech. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I, Virginia Tech is... Not a team that I want to bet on either way, I think, the rest of the season. Is Burmeister healthy? I have no idea. I have no idea about anything tech health. <laughs> he, he went, they just look so bad offensively. This is, this is, a, this is a game. If, if you're a Virginia Tech, you, you need it for, for bowl eligibility, and they're going to be fighting hard for that. And Duke was all. I mean, Duke had a couple drives in the first quarter, and then they had the kickoff return. But they were pretty bad offensively against Pitt. Like their offense is, is terrible. Yeah, I would not want to. I would not want to take Duke on the road. I mean, their offense looked great the first quarter when Carson Van Lynn was evidently borrowing some. Oh. Socks. All right, <laughs> we'll get into that later. Yeah, I. The only other line in the ACC that I looked at seriously was taking Miami minus two and a half against Florida State because I believe in the Miami train, but I really want Miami to lose for Pitt's sake, so I'm yep. not going to put them on the card. It, I, I was thinking of taking Florida State, but that's just wishful thinking. Yeah, and... it's, I absolutely hope Florida State can turn it around and Travis can play well, but I, I really think Miami is going to win that game. And if you're going to give me, sure. if you're going to tell me they only have to lay two and a half, that Miami, I think, will be a bet for me come Saturday. I all right, I like that. Make but sure you follow. In solidarity. I also like. It's not a pick, but I also like Georgia Tech. Jerkovic is going to play again, right? Yeah. Why would he not? Well, just, I'm just saying. I don't. What, what, just for the unis. I'm saying I'm just saying like I think I think I would like Boston College in that game, but I, I just think that even Jesus. with Jerkovic, they didn't look that great against a bad Virginia Tech team, and Georgia Tech's going to score. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Boston College That's... is too much of a question mark to put that on the card. You know, right? Again, I agree. Not on the card. Just saying, I like Georgia Tech at home. Need yeah, sure. Sure. Hey, I mean, if this podcast watches any conference, you know, closely, it's the ACC. So I feel like every game, you're right on that. Every game in the ACC, all of us at least have like a thought, like, huh, I've seen that team do this. Like, that's an interesting line. But Georgia Tech is another. 
I watched far too much of that Boston College Virginia Tech game to come away with a positive opinion of either of those teams, as it's been reflected in the last five minutes with the thoughts being expressed here. <laughs> it was it's, such a bad game. Pitt's performances against all those teams just like cloud my judgment too. So on Very one hand, we probably have the most information on those teams of any conference. On the other hand, it's horribly biased and like right. corrupted information. So, uh, what do we want? SEC, Big Twelve. Where are we going next? Either Let's way, see. I have one pick in each. I have one pick, Big Twelve, one, two picks in the SEC. Let's let's head to the SEC then. How about oh. that? Okay, you more. you go first. No, no, no. You go first. Oh, okay. Um. I have two totals. I'm taking the Arkansas LSU under. This one don't this is a real this is a gut pick. Um I just don't see um how I, I see this being a sloppy game. Um and while LSU is as I mean they played really well against Alabama last week and their defense really shined. We didn't even touch on that. That was a funky game. Yeah. Um they they really played well against Alabama last week. Um at Bright Bryant Denny. Um so they come home. I just I don't think that either team is going to be able to be that efficient on offense for them to put up enough points to hit this total. I'm banking on you know, I think Arkansas putting up 31 points against Mississippi State does not impress me. Um, and LSU really, they they haven't really gelled offensively either. So I don't see this going well for either team. I think it'll come close to the number, but I see this game going under. A rare under pick from the Noon on Saturday podcast. I like it. Well, I've, I've, I've kind of championed the under picks, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't play totals, and we obviously know about the Bover, which has been red hot, which we didn't mention. Yes. Oh, no, we did mention it, but it's been red hot. Oh, we, we, we've mentioned it. What is that, three in a row? Uh, yes. Make sure you're knocking on some form of wood. And then, if you mention the Bover, I have an over, and I'm taking the Ooh. over in Auburn and Mississippi State. DV Overs. Um, obviously, Bo Nix. <laughs> no, I don't know about that. A browner. <laughs> All right. So I after you eat Chipotle, taking a browner. Here <laughs> <laughs> the pick. After Auburn put up a browner on the field last week, uh, <laughs> I think they rebound here. You know. Give credit to AM's defense. They are legit. Um, and I don't think that was necessarily indicative of Bo Nix and that offense, um, especially at Kyle Field and College Station. And and I do enjoy watching the air raid in the SEC. Um, I just think that 50 is a low number for this game. If, you know, I think 31 20, you know, 34 28 is likely. I think this game goes over pretty easily. I I tend to agree. My only qualm with that pick is that Ole Miss's offense 
Corral has been banged up, and their their receivers have been banged up, and their offense. Mississippi has State. Oh, 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 oh! Sorry, I thought you were on Ole Miss. Well, my bad. Hey, I like Robert, the pick. Uh, okay, thank you. I thought you were on the. 50, uh, on the I think fifty is also just a low number. For incredibly low. It's it's Ole an SEC number. It's not a Mississippi State slash Auburn. Right. Um. Again, as I think, as is tradition now, leaning Georgia minus 20. I'm really interested to see this game just because I, I want to watch how Heupel's offense, sorry, Steve, Coach Josh's offense does uh, against Georgia and just how these schemes line up against each other. I just think it's going to be absolutely fascinating um, when you're going to, basically let Georgia's offense have a ton of time of possession and trust that you can be faster than just one of the greatest defenses in the history of college football. It's going to be incredibly interesting to watch. Um, No play there where I do have a play is South Carolina on the road against Missouri. This may be an over adjustment to last week, but South Carolina is getting one point. Uh, that tells me that Vegas thinks that South Carolina is the better team here and is just giving them points because they're on the road. Missouri has absolutely no run defense. Uh, Gamecock showed last week that they can run the ball pretty well. I'm going to take South Carolina money line on the road. I like it. I like it. Kevin Harris is a good back. I, I don't think he receives okay. as much, nearly as much attention as he should. Um, and like you said, Missouri has a very hard time defending the ball from getting it in the end zone. I like that pick. Missouri stinks, which I kind of like because Drinkowitz is kind of a douche. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So happy to, would be very happy to see South Carolina. And I'm really liking what I've seen from Shane Beamer. So I would love to see them go down and win. And I also wanted to comment on your, your comments about Tennessee. I, I, like whenever I first saw that spread, my thought was, "Wow, that's a pretty good line." If you're a Tennessee fan, like only being a twenty point dog to Georgia, but you saying how their their defense is just going to be on the field the entire day, like that just makes me think it's going to be a long afternoon for Tennessee. Yeah, I I think the reason I'm not, you know, betting that Georgia's going to win by three touchdowns, which I think they are, but I just I feel like. Kirby is just still too non-committal between Stetson Bennett and JT Daniels. It's clear that he thinks Stetson – I don't know if Stetson is better or just like the better quarterback for that team. Because right. I, I Daniels has to be healthy at this point, but I feel like we're still seeing more of uh, our dear friend Stetson Bennett. Hey, it, I mean, it's, it's at Knoxville. It's going to be a loud stadium. It's going to be a loud environment. Um, I don't know. I think if if Tennessee's not responsible with the football and and if they're not efficient, their tempo could come back to bite them, as you kind of mentioned. Yeah. Um. Because you know, one negative play, one one TFL, and and you could be really in for it with the Georgia defense. So, I re- I'm really interested to see how how the kind of scheme um, against that defense. I could I see that think- being. Sorry, God. No, I was just going to say, I think that Hooker and that offense 
are going to be able to cope with the pressure about as well as anyone can. Um, it, it's just, it's just something, you know, I think he can, you know, again, as much as you can against this Georgia defense, which isn't saying much, he can, you know, extend plays. He can, you know, create space for himself on the ground. It's going to be tough with, you know, four very large men in his face at all times, but I'm starting to believe a little bit more probably should in, in Hendon. I definitely like that line of thinking. I was just going to say that I feel like this could be one of those games where it's like a seven-point game, and then Georgia gets like a defensive touchdown or a big turnover, and then it just like unravels from there in the second half. Because yeah. right. I, like, I, I don't know what the line is, but I feel like looking at Tennessee first half might not be a bad idea. Sure. Um, but yeah, I... I just want to get off my pick in the SEC real quick. I'm taking AM minus two and a half. That game was on my brain. I I think that Ole Miss's offense, like I said, has been really struggling the last like month. And I think AM has really found something, you know, on offense, uh dating all the way back to the Bama win. Only a two and a half point favorite. I don't see the environment being too crazy um in Oxford. Nothing that Calzada won't be able to handle. Um, and, yeah, Texas A&M's performance last week was super encouraging, and I think they're able to keep it rolling and, and get to 8-2. and two. two teams that are still playing for a lot this season. Um, uh, yeah, that's my last pick of the day. I like A&M minus 2.5. And, Any thoughts? No, I, I, I like that. Um. Yeah, I, I think Calzada is, is, is making improvements as as the week goes on. And and though though they didn't put up the points, Auburn's Auburn has a really good defense and Ole Miss's defense is nowhere near the caliber um of Auburn's and, and uh, yeah, you know, Corral's getting banged up. He, the offense has slowed as the year's gone on. everything is pointing towards A and M winning that game and winning that game handily. So I like the pick. I've got one in the, uh, in the big 12 done with, uh, with the sec. Yep. I've got Baylor plus five and a half at home hosting Oklahoma. Interesting. Uh, coming off a loss to TCU, you guys very well, very Good job in uh, assessing that game last week. That was all uh, Steve. Uh, all Steve. All Steve. Yeah. That was all Steve. the groom rule. So bravo. Um, so thanks, science. We, we can. Uh, I want to uh, actually fuck it. You know, f- fuck Baylor. Um, how does that work when a coach gets hired midseason? Because Texas Tech. How do you assess them bringing in this guy midseason? Here, here's my thought thought process with that they just hire the new coach all the players would love to impress him you know this is going to be the first game they're really going to be watching uh or that the head coach is really going to be watching of texas tech i i think the play based off of hiring a new coach and you know wanting to to look good for him is texas tech plus ten and a half okay i have i have two comments on that one, he is an 
he he was a, an outside linebacker coach. So he he skipped he, he made the jump from coordinator to to head coach and and because of the fact he was a Texas high school coach, he he is going to be able to recruit well for for the Red Raiders and, and get guys out to Lubbock, which has been the problem in the past. That being said, the fact that he's he has not been even a coordinator yet and is jumping jumping into the role of head coach. You have to love the Cyclones, and I think the Cyclones are still trending up after that loss to West Virginia. I'm taking Iowa State minus ten and a half. Stevie, he's not going to coach the game, right? It's still the interim staff. It's still the same staff they've had all season. Yeah, You're running the same. You know what? I'm not even going to defend myself. I missed that. Um, you what? You, you thought he was just taking over midseason? Correct. <laughs> how, would, how would that even work? You're going to install a whole new offense? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he's just got hired, but like, it's not like he's going to take over the team and we. Iowa 11. State minus ten and a half. That's why I was just saying, like, he's going to be watching. It's like when Pitt hired Narduzzi and he watched the right. Houston Bowl game. You know, he's not the coach, but he's still watching the game. I understand. And I think I think that that dude that Baylor hired will be a very good – I like, from, from all accounts, it seems like he's, like, one of the fucking dudes in Texas football. So, I think that's a great – and if you're a head coach, you're the CEO. you gotta, you got to make that offensive coordinator higher and make that defensive coordinator higher. Like, that's the whole name of the game. You get someone to do that for you. You get Joe Brady to do it for you, and you look like a genius. Also, coming out and saying you're going to die at the school is uh, a hot start. Listen, that's who you want. That's who, that's who I want. I just – my, my, my one issue is he just doesn't look like a Joey. I could see it. But if, but if you're if you're in Texas and you're like called to be a Joey, he was probably you know a great high school football player. He was probably the man in his little Texas town, and you know you're Joey. You're Joey, the high school legend. You don't transition from that. Everybody knows Joe. The 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 change from Joey to Joe is a big one. True. Yeah. Like I think if I if I want a high a college football coach in this day and age. I think I'd rather have a Joey personality than a Joe. If that makes any sense. Uh, maybe. <laughs> um, I did. I did try to at least you know cross some T's here by looking at Georgia Southern's record since they announced they're bringing in Clay Helton. Um, I don't remember exactly when uh, when they announced that move, and I don't believe he's coaching the rest of the season either. Could be wrong about that, though. Um, but they have lost their last three games pretty convincingly. Uh, a big loss to South Alabama, which I believe is the one that got the last guy canned. Actually, no, he was canned earlier. Touchdown loss to uh, Georgia State and a 20-point loss to top 25 Coastal. So take that for what you will. Yeah, that's that's – Anyways, thing. Baylor plus the points. I, I like to pick simply. David Randa's defense. Give it to me. Baylor, I think, will bounce back. Um, at home. They've been very good at home ever since they built that stadium, too. 
I have nothing in the Big 12. How about you, Steve? Iowa State was my only pick. Oh, I was that – did you already have that? I thought that was just like a – No, I was on that. I, you were I on that. I just, I, just, I, just I just don't think I uh, Texas is going to be able to put up any points against you Iowa also, State. You were also on that pick thinking that they were bringing in a whole new staff. No, 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 Yeah, let's rehash it. Um, no, that – it has nothing to do with 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 the front, with where they're at with the head coach. I just don't think that Texas Tech will be able to put up any points. Purdy will do what he needs to do, and and it's not like Texas Tech's defense is anything to write home about. I think that's an easy minus ten and a half point cover for for Iowa State. I like the pick. Do you? Yeah, I also I, I have one more pick. I for I forgot one. Out west, if we wanna if we wanna go out there, if we're done. I have I I'm adding one more big twelve. I'm trying to pull off the magic that you could not last week, Manch, and I'm gonna take Kansas State minus six and a half at home against West Virginia. I that is a massive, massive game for West Virginia. Really for both. Yeah, both schools, but I I like the pick because you almost thought that that would have been a lower spread, like a four and a half, four type game. Seeing it at six and a half definitely makes me think take Kansas State. I, think I mean, they, they can win by a touchdown. West Virginia was only a three and a half dog good, to Oklahoma State. I mean, yeah, yeah they're at home. They have a good. They have a good rush defense, but. I think I think Kansas State will prevail. Daigie has been very up and down. Like you never know how he's going to play, so he could definitely win that game for them. But they could also lose by two touchdowns. Absolutely, yeah. I I think I think I mentioned it last week. West Virginia's defensive front is going to need to come up huge here if they're able to slow down Deuce Vaughn and 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 and. and limit Thompson as as a threat on the ground, I think you know, they have a shot, but I I do think they're gonna have some issues going to Manhattan and, and putting up points against Kansas State's defense. So I, that's that's one to to watch for sure. Um I'll throw in one more from the pseudo Big Twelve. I've got SMU uh, minus six and a half, seven. I've seen it jumping around. Hosting uh, UCF. I think, did they lose to Houston last week or was that two weeks ago? Um, Who, SMU? They have, they have two losses now. Who'd they lose to last week? SMU lost to a bad team. Memphis. Yeah. Memphis. That's not that bad a team. They're UCF, pretty bad. UCF is worse. All right, so yeah, so SMU to bounce back after two bad losses at home, back at home. Both of those losses on play Cincinnati next week. Back on track, Sunny Dykes, Stangs. Like, yeah, I, I could see, I could see definitely in a bounce back spot. Central Florida is not very good, so I like that. Just like fading Central Florida more so than liking SMU as a team. Agreed. Any yeah. any picks left? No, nope, I'm exhausted. 
with my picks. Let's go out west. All right. I, I have one pick. I'm taking Arizona plus 24. Oh. 11 o'clock kick in Arizona. Love it. Get, laying, you know, they're, you're giving me 24. Arizona has been playing better the last three or four weeks. They finally picked up their first W a couple weeks ago. You know, they, they had definitely have not quit on um, their new head coach, uh, Fish. So, yeah, I just – I don't think – I've been against Utah pretty much all season. Um, once again, it's been one of those teams where it really hasn't worked out. But um, Utah, they're coming off two big wins, UCLA and Stanford. Definitely think they win the game. But if you're going to give me 24 points – I think Arizona has been playing well enough, and it's really all about that 11, 11 o'clock kick. I think both teams are going to be a little bit sleepy in the first half. Um, there may be about 5,000 people total at that game, uh, and I just think it's going to be a weird one. And Give me the 24 points. Interesting. I saw that, and, and I, I was intrigued as well, but I, I don't know the cahoon is to, to lay, that, lay that number. After a convincing win by Utah against Stanford, but Stanford stinks. Same argument could be made for Arizona, but well, Arizona definitely. Their last three games for Arizona, they lost by five to Washington. They lost by a touchdown to uh, Southern Cal, and they beat Cal last week. So, I just think they've been playing a lot better, and that's that's a lot of points. Sure, we'll see. I don't know. I, I wanted to get to an odd number of picks because I don't want to go 500 again. Smart. Very smart. Smart. That's making me rethink adding this pick. I was going to add Arizona State minus five and a half on the road at Washington just because Washington stinks. Uh, and Arizona State had a pretty good game last week. Busted that USC cover, which was annoying. Um, but now, I don't know. Do I want an even number of picks? Haven't decided. <laughs> Screw it. I'll take it. Minus five and a half. Love it. Still have the Bover, which been going back and forth on. It's hard, you know, three weeks in a row. It's a lot of pressure. The pressure is mounting. It is. We're back in the win call or the the you know plus column, right? I think we're six and four on the year now, something like that. Just just find the Presbyterian over and just. It's that coach that only onside kicks, and, and doesn't punt. Just take that over, whatever it is. Wow, who are they playing? Marist. Like, will, will there even be a line for that game on, like, Vandy? I mean, hey, I, I get it. Good luck finding it, but if you can, take it. Uh, yeah. What did I say before, NC State Wake? Yeah. 66 and a half? Sure. I like that. We'll go with that. I feel like I've been too reliant on the AC. Trying to it's a good it. conference. It's a good it's conference great. for overs. It's a good con- It's a great conference. Great. Great conference for quarterbacks as well. So hard to argue with that logic.
Speaking of the ACC. Speaking of the ACC. Homer hour we go. This is uh, this is going to be an interesting one, I think. Pitt coming off a rocky win. A solid win, but a rocky win. Didn't start out smoothly. You're down a score and a half at least to Duke early in the fourth quarter. Or first quarter, yikes. Um, but you're able to bounce back. You put up the 50-burger. And now all you have to do is bring it home on a short week to take on UNC at home on a Thursday night. Initial reactions to that Duke game. What are we looking forward for for this uh, Thursday night football here for the Panthers? I mean, hey, speaking of Bover of the week, I <laughs> I think this yeah. would be a pretty way to go, pretty good way to go. Seventy five and a half, something like. That. I see seventy three on ESPN. Um. You know, Sam Howell, as Narduzzi mentioned in his press conference this week, he's been utilizing his legs pretty successfully this year. 74 is what I'm seeing. That's, I mean, Sam Howell is an accurate quarterback, and he also is mobile, and those are the type of quarterbacks that have given Pitt hell for the past seven years. And, you know, North Carolina has some playmakers at wide receiver. They've, they've found some, you know, Josh Downs looks like he's going to be, you know, an NFL-type guy. And, you know, Pitt's pass rush just has not been there, you know, consistently enough. So I, I, have, to, I have to like the over there as well. But as far as takeaway from Duke, um, I, I think my takeaway was just that Jordan Addison is insanely good. Like, it's a pleasure to watch him, and I'm so happy that he's going to be back next season. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of things went wrong for them early. Um, early turnover off a sack uh, against Payet gave Duke short field position, obviously a kick return. Um, but then the defense settled as they have been um, and, and, and really shut down Duke. And, and by, you know, although it was close at half, by this, you know, the start of the second half, it was very clearly in Pitt's hands. Uh, but the thing is, is, there, there's no room for for a slow start like we saw against Miami and, and like we saw last week against North Carolina because, I mean, they ran all over Wake. The, the thing I will say is their offensive line has not been impressive uh, at any point this year. So, you know, Pitt did have uh, some notable success blitzing um, the linebackers uh, last week, and I, I'm hoping that continues. Disrupting, you know, Howell's timing is going to be key. Um, I do trust that they're going to be able to slow down, uh, slow down North Carolina's rushing attack. But there, there's no room for for kind of a sloppy start. Um, but the issue is Pitt is banged up. A lot of guys went down last week. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what warmups look come game time. Um, and obviously, as far as how this, what this game means for the season, you need to win out pretty much to to ensure an ACC championship berth. So this is a massive game uh, for the Panthers. Good I'm news just... for Pitt. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, good news for Pitt is that it looks like Marcus Miner is gonna play, so they should be at full strength on the offensive line. Uh, maybe minus Gabe Hoy, but. 
you can you can take Gonsalves. Uh, yeah, Gonsalves looked great last week. He's absolutely. Hoy has been very good this year, but Gonsalves looked phenomenal. So that will be key. Um, but yeah, you. Hallett was in and out. You, you know, I think th- this this is a game where, I mean, it it really is up to the defense. North Carolina's defense has obviously, with the results of the past two weeks, giving up forty four points to to Notre Dame and then fifty five to Wake Forest. You have to assume that Pitt is going to be able to put up points, and Kenny Pickett should be able to do what Kenny Pickett does. It's up to the defense. If the defense is is not you know, is prepared and ready to attack North Carolina, then Pitt should should win this game. Um, but, you know, Sam Howell for for years has been burning defenses in the ACC. This, this is this is a, a huge game for the, for the defense. I hate to try to sum it up with a cliche, but that's exactly what I'm going to do. This is a game where whoever gets the last stop on defense is going to win because there's going to be a lot of offense and it's just going to be about trying to get that one, you know, lucky bounce, that one deflection, that one, you know, stop on a third down. That's going to give your offense a chance to go up two scores and then just go back and forth and back and forth. Trying to build any sort of a lead in this game is going to be hard. And so I think it's, it's dependent on the offense, right? But I think it's going to come down to the defense and who's able to to make that really pivotal stop late in the game. And, and for what it's worth, Pitt was able to do that in overtime the last time North Carolina came to Heinz Field. And, and to your point, Pitt should be able to have the running attack w- with Izzy and Hammond that Hopefully they can control the clock a little bit and and not, you know, try to prevent that type of kind of what happened to Wake Forest last week where you blink and your two-touchdown lead is gone because it's like seven on seven. You know, Pitt hopefully can get up and then lean on that running game to, you know, try to you know take the ball out of Sam Howell's hands and maybe prevent that exact scenario that happened last week to Wake from happening to Pitt this week. Right. Right, no, that that's a very, very possible scenario. And again, if you want to follow the last two, the trend of the last two weeks, you know, Notre Dame let North Carolina back in that game, and it was close for, you know, this the majority of the second half because North Carolina, if you let them them get the ball and you let them cook, they're gonna put up points. So if if you are able to to dominate the time of possession. You know, you should be able to limit their opportunity to, to climb back, you know, given that you have a lead. So th- that is going to be crucial um, come come Thursday. Also, I would love to see a big game out of the tight ends. Like, Lucas Kroll, I think, really needs to step up his game. Bartholomew has been great, but if Lucas Kroll can step up, that will give them an absolute – dynamic one-two punch at that position. Who'd love to see Pitt run 12 personnel? They have, you know, they have they the have, they have it. <laughs> a Bonaconda, Kroll, and, and Bartholomew. That's a hard package to stop, man. 
That sounded and, that sounded wrong. That hey, sounded throw in Daniel Carter too. I think he's a guy that they can get a little bit of forty, by the way. Came in as four, bumped it up to forty. He rocks it. He rocks it. Wouldn't be surprised to see Bradley make a big play on Thursday as well. You know, he had the big fumble, but he looked good. He looks explosive. Almost reminds me a little bit of a young Tyler Boyd, just with his body structure and, you know, the way he's agile, um, a little bit faster than he looks. I, I think he's going to be a really good player. I could see him stepping up this week. Yeah, and I think there should be credit due to Shockey as well. I think he came in and played pretty well. So did Jared Wayne. Yeah. The depth, the depth of the wide receiver room was really apparent. Um, so I, yeah, I, I, and that's going to be crucial again this week. And I think we have the guys to do it. You know, the offense should be there. Can can the safety can can the safeties really step up? Um, are we going to be able to get? Is Pitt going to be able to get pressure on Sam Howell? And I think. You know, I I remember now. Granted, this was way earlier in the season, but Georgia Tech was getting pressure on Sam Howell left and right, and that's how they won that game. If 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 Pitt's able, if that defensive line, which you know has not looked as strong as years past, but they still get pressure on the quarterback, they're if they're able to get in that backfield, I think it's going to be a really long day for Sam Howell. So much, so much of that is it's not just about getting pressure. Again, hate to get into the nitty gritty. Like I feel like I did. What was it? Clemson or I don't remember. It's about contain. It's about just Howell has been so deadly with his legs. It's crazy to think about like how much of a dual threat he's actually become. Just can't let him work his way to the second level as easily as he's been able to in some of these games. Just gotta bring him down with the first or second guy and not let him have that escapability that really allows him to stretch the field. It's been, you know, the same old story going back Narduzzi's entire tenure that they just are horrible at giving up big plays. And, you know, I I feel like that was the problem against Miami. That that was, you know, a, a big part of the problem whenever, you know, the defense struggled against Western Michigan, even though they were just hitting that RPO down the field. But still, I if Pitt can make North Carolina dink and dunk down the field and they don't allow the big plays, I you know, I think it's gonna be a good night for, for Pitt's defense. But absolutely they, they easily could give up forty. I I'm trying to look here what a parlay of Pitt money line and the over would be because I think that's a good play. Which I don't think you can do a same game parlay on college football. So I don't know, but I do love the over. That almost I almost want to add the over to my card. We so, are in the twenty first century. What do you mean? How how is this not? <laughs> this is definitely let let, let us parlay pit money line in the over. Let well, us, same let... game parlays. A lot of books don't allow that. Like FanDuel has same game parlays for the NFL, but they don't really have them for college football, I don't think. Right. I'm curious now. It's just, I think it's too much of like an exposure for them. Like, I don't know. Probably decent way to win some money if you find a, a nice over that you like. But 
huge huge game for the the Pat Narduzzi. Yep. Tenure at Pitt, massive for Pat Narduzzi. Yeah, especially if Miami wins this weekend. It, oh. it, the games keep growing in importance, and and this is, you know, without this one. You know, the ACC championship is really hard to envision. Very difficult, which considering how almost sure it was looking heading into that Miami game, very disheartening if they lose this game. It's about, um, I want to say like plus 200 odds from my calculations. Love it. Put it on my card. I don't know if I can do that, but pit money line in the over plus 200. I, well, I, I mean, in order in order to find that out, I just bet it. So let's take it. There we go. Final thoughts on uh, final thoughts on Pitt before we wrap this thing up and get out of here. Been a little lethargic the last few minutes. That's on me, Chief. No, I was distracted trying to figure out that parlay. And- yeah. Really frustrating that I couldn't figure out how to do it. So that that's basically taken me out of the game for the that's, past four or five minutes. Fault. That's your fault for using the legal method. Yeah. Hey. Bottom line is I'm going to be looking I'm at the wild second. west out here. Right. Uh, the bottom line is I'm going to be looking at the secondary uh, to to kind of take a step up. I thought they played well last weekend. Granted, this is a whole different type of test. Um. You know, they they have had moments where, where they have played well, and, and this is going to be a game where they're going to need to step up as a whole. Not only the starting, but we're going to see, you know, guys rotating in, um, and everybody really needs to be on their A, a game. for. And I think if the secondary steps up, then Pitt has a real chance of winning and, and, and winning handily. That would be nice. Yeah. No, I agree. I just hope I just they need to win. Go pit. We'll be there. It'll be fun. Have fun. Enjoy it. Savor it. Soak it all in. Do what you gotta do. Enjoy that Thursday night football. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Noon on Saturday podcast. Don't forget to hit that like, hit that subscribe, leave a review, and be back for more content from your college football hub for college football as it was meant to be. This has been the Noon on Saturday podcast.